Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the CD's Nuts podcast, the podcast where we love CDs, cassette tapes, vinyl records. If it's music, we love it. My name is Eric, and today I am joined, not by Ian, because he's out, I don't know where he is, but I'm joined by Jerry Davis, who is a supporting uh, supporting musician for the Lovesick Mary and 52 Hertz Whale, and also the Dungeon Master for the Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Denton and Dragons. Jerry Davis. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to uh, jump on, especially uh, given the topic that uh, you you pitched to me uh, just a couple days ago. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've listened to a couple episodes. I uh, really enjoy. I find myself like wanting to also add my two cents whenever I listen to your episodes. It's, it's super engaging. And so uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that, because that's kind of what we try to do with this, is have it sort of be conversational, and as far as having you on the show, you actually came recommended for today's topic, which is Little Shop of Horrors. That is, um, it, it's, I'm glad that my, my fame, or at least my, my passion or interest in uh, musicals uh, precedes me, uh, specifically that one. Um, I, uh, the individual that uh, recommended uh, me uh, had to work with me for quite a few years and probably listened to me sing uh, more than a couple of the tracks off of, off of uh, that soundtrack because it is, it is one that is near and dear to me, absolutely. And it's also one, uh, for me, this actually goes back to middle school. It was the first time I'd ever seen a play. I actually learned of the play before the movie, actually. Uh, a teacher of mine had a daughter who was doing a local production of it, and ever since then I've just been totally infatuated with the thing. So I have just a little bit of information here, and then we can kind of talk about the music itself. Sure. 
First off, as everyone knows, and I'm sure everyone will tell us if we don't mention it, yes, this is based off of a Broadway play that is based off of a movie that is, you know, so on and so forth. Those Originally, there was a movie in 1960 that came out called Little Shop of Horrors, and of Yes, everyone knows it had Jack Nicholson in it. Not as big a deal as everyone makes it out to be, but a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. Then in 82, they had the Broadway play, and in 86, they made the movie based on the play. So for me, for this movie, my my how I came upon it, um, because for me, the 1986 film was my first introduction. Uh, and for me, I, I grew up in a small town. I... Saw it maybe, so if it came out in 86, that means probably about 88. By then it was, it was you know, available on cable. Now, living in mm-hmm. a small town, we didn't have cable. Cable wasn't an option. Um, your option, <laughs> if you wanted to have access to like Showtime, HBO, Cinemax, any of that, you had to have one of those gigantic mm-hmm. uh, satellite dishes. Well, we didn't have that either. Yes. Uh, but my uncle, uh, <laughs> my great uncle, he, he um, I don't know where he got them, but he had an amazing VHS collection. But it was all mm. like the, the blank, like the Polaroid blank tapes. And he, somebody, because he lived out in the boonies with us, somebody was feeding him blank tapes with like three movies recorded on each tape. And they were meticulously labeled. And, but they were all, they included, like most of them included like the HBO uh, logos or signs or the splashes at the beginning, things like that. It was very obviously Mm -hmm. recorded from 1980s cable. One of the tapes that he had was Little Shop of Horrors. And, And so that was, for us, that was, if you wanted to watch a new movie, using air quotes here, um, it was, you know, we'd go over to my uncle's house and we'd see what he had. And uh, this was one that I would quite often be like, let's go see if we can borrow some movies from from Uncle Wayne. And this would always be my one that I would go to. And it was awesome because being, a you know, Rick Moranis, not only did it have Little Shop of Horrors on it, but that tape specifically also had Ghostbusters. And then, oh, nice. God, it's... This is completely unrelated. Um, it had Ghostbusters and then Ruthless People, which I don't know if you recall that one. That's a, a Danny DeVito, um, maybe mm-hmm. Bette Midler. I'm, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> knocking the, the dust and the rust off of an old, old core memory right now. But uh, that was the tape that right. I would always borrow because I really, really loved Rick Moranis and all the songs uh, that, that were a part of Little Shop of Horrors. And that's what we're here for today. We're here for the songs. And uh, speaking of Rick Moranis, we also had Ellen Green, which was a carryover from the Broadway production. Then we had, of course, Steve Martin and Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops as the... Audrey Two. As Audrey Two. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I... The the star of the show. Ellen Green. Can we just jump straight to Ellen Green? And how unique maybe unique how it how peculiar the way she sings is yeah. there's something about <laughs> how she jumps into some of those notes that that is so her I, I don't know of anybody else that quite sings like ellen green sings it's definitely unique and i think that's why it, it as i understand the story that's why she was 
the only holdover from the Broadway play when they were casting the movie. Uh, they asked other people, but eventually they came to the conclusion that nobody could do it like Ellen Green could do it. And she got the part. That's awesome. That is so cool. So now I have in front of me the uh, an actual 19... What is this? 1986 pressing of the Little Shop of Horrors uh, vinyl record. It's you know it's a vinyl record. I'm not really here to talk about that specifically, but I do have the um, the track listing in front of me, which I thought we could just kind of go uh, run through them and talk about each of the songs at least a little bit and kind of you know give our opinions of them. First up, we have well the prologue, of course, but then that jumps into Skid Row, which I think. What a way to start a show, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, by all means. I think that was what had me hooked between the the kickoff at the very beginning, all the different members of the town singing. One of my favorite to uh, to do it a karaoke as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those that no matter where you go, I think people are pretty familiar with it. It's 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 so iconic to this movie. It it. It, it perfectly encapsulates what you're about to get into. Like I said, Iconic has just, it, it really sets the scene. It's very clearly, you know, you're in a musical now. And then that transitions into Dadu, which is the introduction of uh, Audrey too, where yeah, he, yeah. or sh- she, or, or it's a plant, who knows, right? I don't want to presume the plant's gender, <laughs> but um, the plant is transported through a beam onto the shopping cart i guess you would call it yep that is uh some some was it tisha campbell right and the the doo-wops i believe is how they're they're casted which is your you know you've got a bit of greek chorus you know you think of uh the 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 ladies from hercules the disney movie hercules Kind of similar thing yes. with with the three gals there singing and and uh, that's uh, that's a good one. It, that one I w- always thought was for me as a kid that was such a silly scene altogether. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got Seymour looking one direction. You've got the total eclipse of the you know going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a great tune, great tune. I, I don't think I I, I will say I'm going to go ahead and call it out. I don't think there's a song on here that I'm going to be like, mm, nope, that one, that's the one, that's that's the one we skip. No, it's like, <laughs> like even the worst songs on here are great, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we'll we'll I think there's one of them that is probably low on the list, but again, still a great song. Uh, Grow for me, another iconic song. Um, kind of this is this sort of sets the the story in motion. You know, the plants trying to get the blood and finds out about it through pricking himself on a, a rose thorn i believe it is now i know that this is not a a movie podcast per se but i think it's worth mentioning the puppetry in this movie is the best i've ever seen oh yeah yeah the <laughs> i love the the plant period even from 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 little just that scene with grow for me when it's sitting there going Mm-hmm. Sorry yep. for those. This isn't an <laughs> ASMR podcast. Sorry, y'all. Um, but still, a really just hilarious, endearing, just awesome little bit of of '80s cinema. In the in the beginning, it's it's it kind of sets up just like how sinister it really is because the plant is very cute. 
Oh yeah. But it's also drinking blood, you know. <laughs> well, and, and and how aggressively it snaps at his finger at first when he gets a little too close. It's <laughs> right. There's there's no pretense at, at that point. <laughs> so somewhere that's green. The next song. That is that is where Ellen Green brings her her Ellen Greenness, um, and <laughs> yeah. and just a, a slight left left turn um while hers is you know the quintessential version um i'd be remiss not to mention uh herbert the pervert's version uh on family guy uh, <laughs> it, you know with all of his perfect s whistles that come around, come with it um i totally forgot about that i'll have to put that in the uh, link to that in the show notes i i totally forgot that existed yeah he was he was uh daydreaming about his future with chris and uh, <laughs> that's an awesome, that's an awesome one. See now, now you got me sidetracked. I'm thinking like, man, I gotta get. I haven't seen that show in a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, I, I had looked ahead. I had looked ahead, and yeah. and so it was actually some fun now. So I'll I'll put that in my pocket. Um, I had looked two tracks forward instead of uh, at this one. This one, I I you know from the movie side of it, it's it's. You know, where it goes into that daydream mode and it's this kind of quintessential mm-hmm. 60s or even 50s perfection, right? Um, plastic on the furniture. Yeah. Howdy doody. All that all that good nostalgia <laughs> for a time that never really was. Um, but, but, you know, a great tune and, and Ellen Green doing what Ellen Green does best, which is sing like Ellen Green. <laughs> Well, and I'm glad that like they were able to like lean into it as far as they did. Like it's so like it's almost sad when you think about it because it's an obvious fantasy, you know. And so the things that she's dreaming about are like so fantastical. There's there it's it's unachievable, you know. But it's I, I love the way that they were able to like paint that picture through the music and of course the the set design and and all that stuff but um you mentioned some fun now which again that's going to be crystal run and chiffon which is our greek chorus killing it yeah that one for for me that one was such a a banger first of all (laughs) great tune but compared to all of the other songs it took like this this hard left into you know it is a that is a latin tune you know that is a yep. it's got very much latin rhythms wrapped all around it and that and it's it's a it's kind of it's kind of stands alone and on its own because of that the rest of the tunes don't quite lean anywhere near that like like right. some fun now does i think the i think the problem not that there's a problem with any of these songs but i think that the reason some fun now kind of gets skipped over a lot when people are thinking about this is because it's sandwiched between two massive massive songs we've got somewhere that's green of course and then it's bookended by dentist <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like how do you come back from that that's that song it's Steve Martin just Steve Martining the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's even just for the story itself. It's it's kind of a fast forward. You know, it, some fun now is if and this may be where my memory is eluding me, but that is kind of also your transition to, you know, being the small plant to being you know, getting through the radio shows and, mm-hmm. and him starting to grow 
um, and get larger and and start to have it, you know, more issues with it. But it, it's right. It it just kind of stands alone over here with its, you know, being this kind of Latin. You've got whistles and mm-hmm. the amazing <laughs> red dresses. I know this isn't a movie podcast, but this is, you know, it. it, it that song just kind of, it does. It's, it's a fast forward button for a lot of people, I think. And, and right. you're right. You know, be in between somewhere that's green and dentist. You've got, you know, this little interlude. But for me, from the music I, side of it, I think the thing that stands out for me is that it is so very much a Latin tune compared to yeah. all the other ones. <laughs> it's every song, every song on here just stands out when you, when you listen to it by itself. It's, it's, it's amazing how much care was really like, put into each one of them you know like uh even though they all kind of follow a theme they're they're different enough and especially with some fun now there's these little bits and pieces that sort of bring it out as its own thing it kind of doesn't let you forget about it even though it is sort of a fast forward button like you said yeah and of course we're you know like i was talking about with dentist that is i want to say that's got to be my wife's favorite song like when that song comes on because we listen to it in the car often. And when that car comes on, like everything stops. If we need to pull over, you know, it's that's the song for her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, Steve Martin at his finest. And he, you know, he is a musician absolutely in his own right. And as as silly as the tune is, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's got some 50s rock and roll going on to it, you know, with a bit of, of yeah. 80s musical polish, you know. He's, he's got his great, he's got his Elvis snarl for certain parts of it, you know, his, uh-huh. his old, oh, mama. <laughs> oh, mama. That's right. You know, it's funny, when I finally did see the movie when I was a kid like I was I was pretty young I I don't remember exactly how old I was but like when I got to the stuff with him like bashing a puppy dog or whatever it is like I remember thinking like this is a bad guy like for real a bad guy like you know it was like unrepentant I was like I've never seen such villainy in a movie you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so for me that was you know that song solidified that he was definitely the antagonist. Absolutely. You know, his extreme masochism and, and then the, the drilling, which I thought was just amazing. The camera shot from within the mouth, but the song itself, just, just hilarious fun. Did he, well, I'm trying to think when did three amigos come out? I'm I'm trying to think of were there any other yeah 86 so same year what a what a great year for Steve Martin no kidding right holy crap <laughs> <laughs> so wow. yeah so okay so so he has the three amigos little shop of horrors even though you know he wasn't the prime character he definitely stood out uh, hugely in this movie um, but then also you know carried a whole a whole track singing the per, you know the the lead. The lead vocals for it. Now he is—he is a musician, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. He has a tiny desk that is outstanding. Uh, if, really? If you're, yeah, it is. It is great. He's—he's he's a an accomplished banjo player. Um, and while with his tiny desk, he he only sings a, a couple of the tunes. He has like other people sing a lot of the lead vocals. Um, right. But a, an amazing banjo player and and pretty good, decent. I mean. 
look at Dentist. It's your wife's favorite tune. Yep. <laughs> Steve And Steve Martin sang it. <laughs> so there's a bit of accomplishment there for him. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. That's something, He's right? quite the musician. That's, that's cool. I, I, I thought I had heard something like that. So it made sense to me that he was, he was able to sing. But uh, yeah, I didn't know it was quite that much. So I'll have to... That's another one for the show notes. Now, speaking of uh, carrying a song, of course, we got... Ellen Green, but then we've also got uh, Rick Moranis on Suddenly Seymour. So that's my personal favorite. Dude can sing. Oh yeah, yeah. That is uh, now. Now we do have a there. At least on the album that I'm looking at, there is a track between Dentist and Suddenly Seymour. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. I missed it. Feed me, and how could I forget? Feed me like that. Anytime Audrey 2 is singing, I'm I'm hooked. And Feed oh, yeah. Me, quote unquote, get it is my, is my song. I love this song. <laughs> yeah, that one that one's a jam. And you know, Levi Stubbs, how he can go from such low notes to that squill that he can do so so amazingly well is is just beyond me. The the range that that he brings to anything that he does. Um, bit of trivia with him is, and and that Audrey Two voice is mm-hmm. also used for Mother Brain on uh, the Nintendo cartoon Captain N. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's Levi Stubbs nice. as Mother Brain, and so if you know you get a, and you can definitely hear that Audrey Two. It's a little more crazy, a little more zany. It's like a zany version of Audrey right. Two. But Levi Stubbs doing his thing of of immobilized villains. I I don't know how I I don't know who figured out the idea of like the androgynous monster voice, but whoever <laughs> that was and said uh, Levi Stubbs is going to kill it, they were not wrong. Like no oh, no because as a kid I I didn't know I was like this is a plant that's supposed to be a mom. So it must be a female, but this voice is all over the shop, you know? So like, I don't know. It's like perfect for what it's supposed to be. And that song, like, you know, and it starts off like, Feed Mercy, you know, and it's got that, yeah, that yeah. guitar that sort of, bow, bow, sort of, I don't even know what you call I always associate that sort of guitar sound with like, like early eighties or mid eighties, like buddy cop movies, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you go bust some turkeys. Drive around in a in a gas guzzler, you know. With that one too, yes, exactly. whenever towards the end of it, when he finally talks Seymour into it, which because there's that little cut scene where uh, Steve Martin's character, the dentist, is angry that Audrey fell off the motorcycle, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to really drive home how awful this guy is. Um, <laughs> right. And then Seymour, like they're face to face or or plant lips to Seymour's face, and the harmonies that they're hitting in that part where it's like, if you want a rationale, yeah, just awesome, just great. Uh, between that, the 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 little part where he's starting to amp up Seymour, and you know, I'd kind of like a Harley machine. It just just great right and he you know he's got the the whole place is like bumping at the end of it you know he's like slamming on the ground and yep. you know it's it gets you pumped up like you know i'm not gonna go out and like chop anyone up like in the movie but but uh, the know. guy the guy sure looks like <laughs> plant food everybody agrees that the guy looks like plant food by the end of that song yep yep <laughs> 
that's a that's that's one of like I said that that for me is one of my favorites. You know, any any time you get the plants singing, I'm I'm on board. <laughs> I, I'm that like one is I, that one's number two for me probably. I, I'd put that at number two with the next one being my mm-hmm. my number one. I tried to jump the gun a little bit ago and talk about Suddenly Seymour. I love singing this one. This was this is my singing in the car song. Oh yeah, great duet. If yep, if you yep. if you can convince somebody to jump on those Ellen Green vocals. Great duet to sing with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. If you if you've got someone who you know is going to get down on a duet, this is the song for it because it's you know at the end it's so big and just it's a great song. It's a great song. It's I love the way that this movie uh, really plays with like emotions and feelings and and how you should feel about things because uh, it really is a really sweet song. But at the same time, it's like both of y'all are got major problems, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> but, um, in this movie has at least outside of outside of Christopher Guests, who is just walking in and noticing the strange and unusual plant. <laughs> I think everybody, yeah. every other character in this movie, seriously needs to consider some type of counseling or therapy because they've all, even Mister Mushnick. He's taking advantage of poor Seymour and, and making it look like he's this great saint. The, 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 the best person in the movie is still like a bad guy, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of and, and I think that's much better reflected in the in the originals in the in the in the original movie and play because nobody makes it out alive in those versions. Spoiler alert, you know. Right, right. Yeah. You know, they they even had an alternate ending for this one where it didn't have a happy ending. Um, but they went with oh, the. Believe me, we'll we'll talk about don't feed the plants. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Supper time. Now that's a sinister song, right after suddenly Seymour. It really, dude, sinister was the word that I had. Yeah, yeah. Sinister is the best way to describe the mood that they set with yes. this from from the get go. The piano, what's going on with the keys. If I if I remember correctly, it's not even like really a full song. It's just kind of a transitional sort of taking you from one scene to the other. A montage maybe? Like it's it's been a while since I've seen it, honestly, but it's just it's just dark and it really sets the scene like there's no coming back for, you know, Seymour after this. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely is. It's it's also setting up the the fact that the the first kill, of course, being the dentist, was an easy one, mm-hmm. because this is this right. is somebody who is abusive to not only Seymour's love but to all of his patients, and he's just this awful person. Yeah. But now, Mister Mushnick has caught you, and he's aware. And it's the guy that is taking care of you all this time, and now he's going to turn you in, and you're in trouble. And right. and and so right. it's and it's got that 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 now you're in turmoil because Mister Mushnick doesn't necessarily deserve it. He doesn't necessarily look like plant food, right? But, <laughs> and and which really, you know, if you think about it, well, I see. I'm over here trying to justify uh, uh, Seymour's murders. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> Because he didn't, he didn't stop Mister Mushnick from peeking in at the uh, at, at Audrey Two's open maw either, um, right? <laughs> which I, I think would constitute uh, potentially being uh, liable since his plant ate ate Mister Mushnick. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he knew it was going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, 
I'm looking at the lyrics of that one right now, just oh, yeah. reminding myself with the come on, come on, come on, you know, and the uh, I swear on uh, all yeah, my yeah. I swear on all my spores when he's on gone. All my spores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The world will be yours. It's supper time. That's awesome. It's so dark, you know. It's it's great though. It's great. Uh but anyways, Mitchell and Harry, I don't I don't remember a lot about that one, so I'll probably try to cut this up in the edit to make it sound like we had something going on there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it was it was a it was a montage for sure. It I would liken it to like an old uh Ink Spots tune whenever you had somebody come in and repeat everything else that has already occurred. Right. Just done in a very 80s way. Uh that that's how I would describe the Meek Shell Inherit. The it's kind of just a, a a re a restating of all the things that is that are that are going on for for Seymour, um, and and it's yeah. more spoken word than it is any anything else with with some instrumental underneath mm. it. Well, earlier you had some trivia for me, so now I got some trivia for you. Sweet, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, uh, which was written specifically for this movie, is the first Oscar-nominated song to contain profanity. Really. There you go. I, who would have known, right? <laughs> I I personally think that that qualifies Mean Green Mother as as a punk rock tune. Then, oh yeah, you, right. Yeah, that that is because that's absolutely punk. <laughs> I, I had no idea. And this is another one of those where, like, I just I love this song. And 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 you know it's funny because um you know I was telling you uh, a teacher of mine is what introduced me to the play when I was younger. I remember, uh, even though this song isn't in the play, there is some profanity in it. And I was in elementary school, but this teacher was really a uh, a proponent for the arts and stuff like that. And when I showed interest in it, she was like, well, it's got you know some bad words in it and stuff like that. So there was this big meeting with my mother to see if I could <laughs> read the play and this whole thing is... Any, anyways, uh, I love this song. You've got all the, the little, uh, I guess you would call them buds. Mm-hmm. Uh, singing backup and uh, harmonies and things like this. This song is fantastic. The puppetry is just incredible. So I, I, uh, this one for me, you know, having enjoyed it in like probably '88 was probably the first time I saw this, mm-hmm. and the just, just the the Buster Balls section of this was for for you know a, a, an eight year old at the time high comedy. Just absolute high yeah. comedy for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know another one where Levi Stubbs is 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 really taking the spotlight. Uh, you know, in the form of a giant puppet, but but still, again, just another one where where he just stands out. I, I would argue is the strongest vocalist in this whole in the in this whole soundtrack, this whole album. Steals the show completely. Like if we never even saw the plant and it was just like alluded to and it was still just a voice, it would it would kill because it's so big and and mean when it needs to be and persuasive when it needs to be. It's it's incredible. Agreed. Agreed completely. And uh, I I remember when I was a, a kid, uh, I can't remember if it was specifically during the song or, or just before or whatever, but uh, Audrey 2 goes, tough titty. I remember <laughs> yep. thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom is going to like wash my mouth out with soap. And I didn't even say anything. You know, I remember <laughs> thinking like that was like the worst thing you could say at the time. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I love keeping in my pocket to use it at any point in time in my life. The... 
Don't do me yeah. no favors. <laughs> you know that is classic. <laughs> I'm gonna go down. I'll get you some. I'll get you some fresh beef from the butcher shop. Don't do me no favors. Uh, <laughs> Levi. Don't do me no favors. Yep. Don't do me no favors. You know, it's 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 funny. You were talking about keeping that line in your pocket. Um, in a feed me. Uh, Audrey Two goes. You can do it like that, and Cynthia uses that any any time I'm getting like mad about something or whatever. Because you know I can get like I'm mad about whatever, and she's like, "You can do it." I'm like, oh, oh, "Okay, here we go." She gets me with it every time. So that's when you're supposed to start harmonizing with her about if you want a rationale. And, if you want yep. Yeah. <laughs> Next time then- I'll hit her with that and see how it goes. <laughs> Now, they cut from the movie what I think is an incredible finale, uh, an ending where the plant wins to the song Don't Feed the Plants by our chorus of Crystal, Renette, and Chiffon. Do you know, did they ever film any of that? There, There is... There is actually quite a bit of it you can see online. Uh, it's it's really low quality. It's it's obviously like I don't know what they would call it, like a test print or something like that. Okay. But yeah, they have they have scenes where you can see like several of the plants like climbing up the side of buildings and knocking planes out of the sky. Like they got quite a bit of it done. I think. Wow, I need to I need to check that out. I need to look that up. I. I I knew that they had the second part, but I never did any any like looking on YouTube or anything for actual clips of it. That's cool. To me, the ending where everyone loses, I think, is like a classic horror trope. You know, like uh, what's another one where everyone everyone loses? Like Phantasm, Event Horizon. Oh boy, Event Horizon. If, if this was a movie podcast, there's one we could talk about. But, um, you know, I, I kind of like that idea that sometimes a movie doesn't end um, somewhere that's green, yeah. to, to use a you know song from the movie. And, and, I, and I love the way they do it. Even though they cut it, it's, you just see that it's like a full-on alien invasion, and it's awesome. You know, and it's kind of sad that it got cut from the movie, in my opinion. But, yeah, you know. You know, with that... With that I think the only thing I can think of is being the time that it was, 1986, I think mm-hmm. that there was, you know, that, that was your time of, of the horror movies and there being, you know, Jason 1, 2, 3, 4s and there being multiple mm-hmm. sequels to Nightmare on Elm Streets and so forth. And, and so to me, it seems like it was a money decision because it, they, they kind of leave it open. I, as a child, I was just sure that I was going to get a Little Shop of Horrors 2 because right. of the fact that once they finally made it to somewhere that's green, you had the little buds, you know, give a little a wink yeah. and a nod at the very, very end of the movie. And I was like, perfect, we're set up for a sequel. And so I... Yeah. I if I were a betting man, I could see that being what drove that decision is because everybody else was making, you know, eight versions where, you know, it's it's Little Shop 5, Audrey's Revenge, you know, <laughs> which I would That'd love. That'd be funny. They keep getting like, you know, as long as they don't use like the Xbox naming convention, like there's like Audrey 2, <laughs> then there's the Audrey <laughs> There's like, Audrey th- 1. <laughs> You've got Audrey 360. Um, <laughs> you just got to make the pitch, and maybe some, maybe Netflix will fund it. I I've heard that they're working on doing a reboot, so you know maybe we'll get to see that. So so here's here's a question for you: with a reboot, who would you place as your Audrey one? You know what they would probably do? 
you know, I, I say whatever, let's see how it goes, is uh, they would probably cast someone like Zendaya from the Spider-Man movies to to do it or, you know, kind of mix up the formula a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, for me, that would be, uh, which, you know, most most modern actors who are making money doing it and paying rent probably mm-hmm. have some amount of singing or musical uh, talent and experience as well. Does Does she... Does she have anything that she? I could see it. I just, I, and this is me cards on the table. I don't know right. if I've ever seen anything outside of Spider Man and that she's been in. Does she? Does she have anything she sings in? I, again, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. She's all I really know her from is Spider Man, and she's gonna be in Dune. But there's there's something about her where I feel like they could like dollar up to look have that kind of wayfish look, you know, and kind of yeah, yeah. So that might be kind of a an interesting one as far as who would play like like Seymour. <laughs> well, I mean, it just just by throwing Zendaya out there, I think that it'd be fun to see a Tom Holland as a as a as a Seymour. I think he could you know he could pull off the that whole vibe of being you know the orphaned shopkeeper boy. Well, and he could do that puppy dog look really good, you know, kind of like oh, that. Yeah. You know how how Rick Moranis he always has that kind of like lost look you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> yep so we've just recast the new little shop of horrors with basically everybody from uh spider-man now jerry we have a famous section on this podcast uh, a segment we like to do called what you listening to so i i took a second to just jot down what i'm listening to because i've got three things right now that are kind of i'm or in a in a rotation and it's been this way for about a month now um, okay. And the fir- the first one is is the last waltz, which is uh, the soundtrack from the Scorsese film that was essentially a film. He he captured the band's last concert that they played with all of the original members of the band, um, okay. and that one that one I, I stumbled on just a couple of months ago uh, because I, I had watched a documentary that was. Robbie Robertson's side of the story, essentially on on the band and and kind of their experience mm-hmm. playing with with Dylan while he was trying to transition from acoustic to electric, and then the magic of of recording their their first album, uh, all the way through to the the last waltz, which was their last show together as a band, um, and so that's one. It, it's just an amazing, amazing recording of, of just some great performances. Um, and then I've, from there, I've been listening to the mountain goats. Uh, went and saw them in October at the Kessler and, um, a buddy of mine has thrown a couple of his records at me. Um, and I've, so Mm -hmm. I've been doing a deep dive and really like intentionally listening to uh, beat the champ is the album right now that I've been spending a lot of time listening to, and then the third one, and this is the the rotation is was really from the most recent season of uh, of Rick and Morty turned me on to Kishibashi, who I wasn't familiar with until the episode with like the uh, the Captain Planet type character, and uh, they play one of his tracks on that episode, and it caught my ear listening to it. Um, and so I went back mm-hmm. to listen to that album and, and that album, every track on that album is amazingly good. 
and and so I, if you haven't listened to this, the the album's one fifty one A is the name of it. Well, that's cool, and I like the I like the way you said you came across it because that's kind of what we try to do here is like uh, kind of music discovery, you know, maybe talk about something that someone hasn't heard of before. So I will definitely have to check that one out. One of the things that I think we probably made it clear about um, on this podcast is that pop music is not a bad word for us okay and what i've been listening to is lsd which is uh labyrinth sia and diplo they did this whole album together called lsd they they had a couple singles from it i think one was called thunder clouds then they had a genius which is a real good one so it's it's just a it's just a good fun pop record you know slick production Sia's vocals, of course. Um, I mean, what can I say about it besides it's a fun pop record? And so if that's your cup of tea, that's what I've been listening to, as well as I actually just heard a song today. It was uh, suggested to me by the Spotify algorithm. It's okay. called Story by Noga Erez, and I'll, I'll put a link to that one in the sweet in the show notes it's a it's another pop song but it's it's got kind of an interesting structure to it it's not quite as simple as like your a b a b type of thing yeah yeah so for the the lsd album if if you're going to introduce somebody to it by having them listen to a couple tracks thunderclouds and genius would be the two that you would would have them go for uh genius genius for sure because it's it's just like it's slick and it's fun and it's Oh yeah, there's a there's another one on there called Heaven Can Wait. Uh it's actually kind of similar to Genius and it's and it's I mean, well, they're all kind of similar sounding cuz it's a very specifically like curated album. Heaven Can Wait would be another one I would probably show someone if they haven't heard any of it before. That has been an exciting and extensive look at the amazing soundtrack or score soundtrack to Little Shop of Horrors. Um, if you would like to get a hold of us and let us know what you've been listening to so that we can talk about it here, you can email us at cdsnuts at gmail.pod. You can also hit us up on all the socials at cdsnutspod. Do you got anything that you'd like to uh, uh, shill for, Jerry? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, my podcast, Denton and Dragons, and then the two bands that I support, Lovesick Mary, as well as 52 Hertz well uh that one we just released an album a few months back called this is not music it's on all the music places that you listen to music i'd love for you to take a couple swings at a couple of the tracks there and uh enjoy those and thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun well no i was i was gonna say thank you for being on i was was glad you were able to it's kind of short notice i'm glad you were able to get on here it was fun talking to you Uh, As for everyone else, there will be links to everything we've talked about in the show today. Thank you all for listening. And Ian isn't here to do his typical outro, so I'll just jump straight to mine. I'll be CDing you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.